Welcome back to the Jasmine Star Show. I have a question for you. Do you wish you could ask me your burning Instagram questions? Okay, if your answer was no, you're still gonna wanna pay attention. If your answer was yes, I thought so. Well, today's your lucky day because you get to listen in on business owners just like you who through a one-on-one coaching session dive into all things Instagram. And you guys, I have not been asked questions this in-depth, granular, and amazing. You are going to love this coaching session with Social Creator members. This session was so good that we actually had to break it up into two parts. This is part one, and tomorrow we will release part two. So y'all, hang on to your Instagram hats because we's about to blow it off. I'm Sue Bidstrup. I'm a life coach for women entrepreneurs and visionaries who are ready to say yes to a greater calling in their lives. They're ready to live with passion and purpose and have an impact on the world. And so my question for you is, as I'm doing stories on Instagram, I'm trying to get more engagement through those stories. And I'm just wondering, do you recommend using like stickers and music and quizzes and challenges and things like that? Or is it too much? Like sometimes I see stories and I'm confused by all that's going on. So I wanted to see what you would recommend for that. I love this question. I love your purpose. I want you to keep on shining, regardless if we talk about gifts or stickers or whatever the case may be. But I have been known to say that Instagram stories is your own Netflix show. And it's going to be so imperative for you to curate. So you are essentially the director, the actor, the producer. And so I want you to think back to the last time you splurged on watching Netflix and the shot was just a person talking to the camera for 30 minutes. It doesn't happen. So what happens is when you think in the way of how people like to consume a television show is that there's multiple things happening at once. And because when it comes to Instagram stories, you're not having five or six views of it. What you can do is change the visual storyline. So Sue's message will stay the same, still stay the same. But the way that you're conveying that message could be done differently. Now, is there too many stickers, too many gifts, too many anything? Well, perhaps and perhaps not. Because what works for my audience might not work for your audience. So as a general rule of thumb, when you put yourself in the shoes of your dream customer, And if you are a life coach and how your dream customer, I'm just going to guess, I don't know. I'm just going to guess that perhaps your dream customer at this point in time is feeling a little overwhelmed, a little stressed out and a little overstimulated by everything in her life. Looking at Instagram stories that have music and gifts and really quick cutaways might just be like, oh, a little overwhelmed for her. But that's not to say that you could set up a story of three to four slides. It literally could be Sue looking directly at camera and say, here are four tips to stop overwhelm. And then each slide represents a tip. Now, what I would do in that, in that particular case would have one shot directly to camera, which is what I call the command shot. You're commanding attention to a thesis. You're going to give these points on how to overcome overwhelm. Then the second shot, you could be standing in front of a different um, background or in front of a different light source, or perhaps you could be walking, talking to your phone. 
still like same shot, but slightly different. The third shot, you could still be walking, but this time what I want you to do is instead of taking the whole story to take up the entire screen, you can pinch the story to make it a little smaller. So nothing about the way that you gave the directive changed, just the visual component became a little smaller. And then maybe you can add a GIF in the corner. And then the last slide could go back to full size screen and you're adding text to the thing that you want somebody to do, like a repeat of all three steps. So what you've done is you've changed the visual storyline, but you were still able to get your point across and be empathetic to the person who's watching. I love that. Thank you. I never even thought of like when you said you pinched the story smaller. I know what you're talking about, but I never thought of doing that to just kind of mix it up. That's so cool. So I have a lot of fun with the stickers, but I think sometimes when I see other people's stickers and a lot going on, I'm confused. Or I have to take a screenshot of the story to read what they said because <laughs> there's so many words. So I don't want to be doing that and adding to that. So thank you. That's awesome. And Sue, let me tell you this little trick that I, I think if you're taking a screenshot, if you hold a finger on the screen as you're watching stories, it pauses the story. I didn't know that. Okay. Hey, Sue, I'm here to help, boo. I'm here to help. So let me save you unnecessary screenshots. (laughs) Like you just hold it down. It will pause it for you, which is why a lot of people will write a lot of text. Now, when it comes to writing text, I think what works well, and it goes back to storyline, is Let's just say I want to convey four sentences of thoughts. Let's just say I have a black screen and I want four sentences. I have the option to write all four sentences in that single slide and then move on. Or what I I feel compelled as a viewer for me, and I might not be your dream customer, is when I see a slide and I see one sentence. And then I see the next slide and it has sentences one and two. And the next slide is sentences one, two, and three. So it's like this build on of small micro paragraphs within the story. To me, it is a more, it's more stories to consume, but to me, I consume that content in a very different way. So everything I'm telling you, Sue, is what I do. So just start paying extra special attention that when I do see it, when I do have a slide with a lot of text, it is usually preceded by um, smaller versions of that text. I love that. Thank you. That's so helpful. And I like it when it's like one and then. And the next one has one added because it makes sense in my brain. Yeah, good. At least I know I'm not alone. So there we've done that. So um, key takeaways would be to put yourself in the shoes of your dream customer and understand what he or she really wants to see and how they want to consume. Number two is to treat your Instagram stories the same way um, we, we consume Netflix. And number three you can hold the screen and read that text. And number four, we've decided that the add-on versions of the text work really well to string your viewers along with you. So what I would like to do as we do in curator coaching is we started off with a question. We started off with an application, but what I want to do is I want to know what is Sue going to do in the next 30 days to start deploying on what you just learned? Well, for starters, I'm going to have less screenshots on my phone because I'm going to be holding down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's going to help good. me with my storage and always running out of storage. Amen. But yeah, I'm going to, well, first of all, I'm going to do more stories, which I think is where I'm seeing a lot of engagement. So I want to do good. that more. Now, when you say more stories, you know, we're super, we're super applicable here. So how many stories are you doing now on a day or in a week? Well, so I've started really amp- ramping up my game since I've been in a social curator. So um, I've actually tried to be, do a story every day. 
Good. So when you say I want to do more stories, what do you want to do? Like what what's I the mean more? That is like I want to do more stories that have multiple screens like you just explained. Like a story that would have like four screens, Got it. you know, and then with words on it. I really want to try like the words because sometimes I know there's visual learners and there's auditory learners. And so as I'm speaking, sometimes people need to see the words, even if it's just like a little reminder word, like a keyword. Um, yes. So I think that's really helpful. So I'm going to try that this week. Okay, good. Now, oh, yes. So Sue, what I want you to do is I want you to keep me posted, send me a DM. But what I'm going to encourage you to do is to use a commanding story, like I'm going to teach you X. And then what I want you to do is pull some of the social curator photos and upload the photo as the background and add text on top of it. Because remember, as you're changing the visual pieces, you can always have a flat background color, which works. But when you can incorporate a social curator lifestyle photo, it gives insight into your taste and your aesthetic. And it also makes you feel like, oh, visually things are changing and people are staying with me. We see like really great results with that too. So I want to share that with you. So Sue, you're amazing. You're going to up your game. How can people find you on Instagram? Oh yeah. They can go to at great big. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. I'm gonna give you a great big. Yes. Go on girl. Sue. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. My name's Amy Pager. I am a Pittsburgh area wedding and newborn photographer. So basically I want to, um, be their photographer for life, uh, photograph all their amazing moments. And so my question for you today is, um, what, what makes for good highlights in your Instagram account? I have some, um, they're not necessarily very pretty <laughs> and I just want to know how to make these better and um, good for my clients. So first things first, I'm a little bit hard nose about <laughs> the photos on highlights. I know that I used to see a ton of people having highlights that were all very pretty. It was like the icon of a bone to talk about their dog, the icon of a heart to talk about their, you know, it was like a bottle to talk about their baby. Like I got it, but that was, I, in my opinion, that was like a different time in Instagram history where everything was really beautiful and highly curated. And I find myself when I go to a profile where I see an icon, I don't find myself clicking on highlights. Well, I will click on highlights where I can actually look at a photo and kind of contextualize what's going on with this. And so first and foremost, not necessarily being pretty isn't like the barometer that I use. So to me, the barometer I use for highlights and selecting goes on highlights is efficacy and effectiveness. Like what is going to give a complete stranger insight into who I am and what I sell. And then the, the, the third thing that I like to consider is like, if I could offer value, because I know that value is the fastest leading way to develop trust. So three things would really help pull those in there. And, you know, I also include things that are completely ridiculous. I have a highlights that's dedicated to my manicures, which has nothing to do with my business. But I was getting so many DMs like, can you take a picture of your can you send me that picture? And I was just like, I feel like I'm just in the, like, I feel like I'm this terrible fashion blogger. Like I'm a fashion blogger that I would not even want to follow. But I just decided to like start streamlining the way that I can communicate this week. Hey, check my highlights. You can check my highlights. And it's funny because you can see if people are screenshotting and I'm like, that's great. Like we're keeping it being very effective. But as far as it goes, like let's now contextualize to what it is that you do. 
if you were to have like a highlights behind the scenes, these are photos or stories that are showcasing what it is that you do because people want to know specifically if you're a baby photographer, there's a really good chance you're either going into a hospital room or somebody's home. They want to know what do you wear? How do you act? How do you sound? What do you bring? Right? Like I am going to invite virtual stranger into my home. Like I really want to know what that makes that out. So that's behind the scenes. It could, you could do before and afters. That could be, that could be like a highlight. You can do, um, a highlight, like do a why, like you can have a highlight. You can actually do stories thinking about the highlight. So if you're just like name the highlight, my why you can say, hi, I'm Amy and I want to be your life photographer. I want to document you walking down the aisle. I want to walk a document you giving birth in your baby's first year and your family photos thereafter. My goal is for you to have 20 Christmas cards on your mantle that I have shot. Like, and these are all different stories. And then you do those stories with the objective of putting it into your highlights. So basically your highlights are the quickest way for somebody to get to know who you are and what it is that you do. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And I try to like work in tips for brides and tips for new moms. So I think I could probably make that a highlight as well. Absolutely. And they don't have to be branded. So then if, if I'm not branding them or, you know, like making them look super pretty, I guess, like, should it just be a nice photo of me or is it okay to just be one of the, you know, shots from the story that I did? It depends mostly on like what your dream customer wants to see. Now, let me be very clear. I didn't say not pretty. Like what works really well is real, but Instagram is still a highly visual platform. There are times when I post um, a highlight or an IGTV that I put a, a photo as a thumbnail because all of the footage within the video was just not nice. Like it just looked unpleasant. And if it looks unpleasant, I'm going to have a much harder time actually having somebody click on it. So I didn't say ugly or I just said real. So to be very conscious of your IGTVs as using a thumbnail that isn't just random face, you know, caught up in the wind or something. So just being conscious of that, but also asking yourself if I was my dream customer, would I click on this highlight or would I click on this IGTV? Okay. All right. And, um, no, that's all. That's, that's really good. Cause I know some of mine are kind of iffy and don't quite look on brand or whatever, but I know when they're completely branded and they just look like those little like stampers of their business, I don't have any interest in clicking on them either. So that's good to know. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Amy, how can people find you on Instagram? I'm at blessed in blissful photo. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Heike Yates and I'm a fitness and nutrition coach and I empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength through simple, balanced fitness, nutrition, and mindset programs. I have been in the fitness industry for 30 years with a brick and mortar business. And four years ago, I took my brand, Pursue Your Spark, online. It went through several rebrandings, but I love Pursue Your Spark. But with all the experience in the fitness industry, how can I stand out as an expert? There, Everybody seems to be an expert. And I've noticed that people see my message and my programs, but they're not taking actions. They don't want to buy. They look at stuff. They, they may stop, but they continue to scroll. And I don't know how to change that. So 
I feel like I can empathize in a deep way, but a lot of people who are listening who are in saturated markets probably feel the same way. So there was a time in history where photography was this elevated art form. Very few people understood what it was to take a photo, understood the mechanisms of using a Hasselblad, understanding the mechanisms of developing their own film. But then as technology advanced, everybody now is a photographer who has a phone. So how then do photographers stick out as professionals when people with their iPhones are actually taking beautiful stuff, when people with their iPhones are having billboards done and endorsed by Apple, when people are creating cinematic full-length feature films with iPhones? Very similar to the fitness profession. There was a time that fitness professionals were able to position their businesses as they knew something that other people didn't. Tips and techniques. And now with YouTube, with Google, with social media, the playing field is equal for creatives, for content creators, for authority and for authorities and for industry leaders. How then do you stick out on social media? Well, we can say, we can say, safely, that what got you here isn't going to get you the results that you want. So if we know that your mechanisms and your behaviors and you, the way you showed up isn't getting you what you want, now our objective is to say, I want to test three different approaches, but you will not test all three different approaches at the same time because scientifically we can't determine which of the three things brought us the results that we wanted. So we're going to play a very long game here. And I feel like the energy that you channel, I probably would not be able to ask this of anybody else, but I am asking it of you because I believe you're disciplined enough to execute on the thing that we want to test. So if you've done what you've done so far and you're not getting the results that you want, then you have to make a decision to three things that you are going to change that you believe will move the needle. Now, because I am not a fitness professional and because I do not reside in Germany, which I'm guessing the majority of your audience will come from, although your English is impeccable and you can get them from all over Europe and America, let's just stay focused right now. What are you seeing Other people, now I'm not talking about fitness professionals who are 21 and doing CrossFit games. I'm doing, I'm talking about other fitness professionals who are targeting your similar demographic, which you said was women over 50, correct? Correct. Perfect. So what do you see in that space that seems to be resonating with your target client right now? Just let's just sit here, brain dump a little. I would say mostly um, the, the mindset approach that I'm getting older, I'm what I call dim my light. And that's why pursue your spark is the opposite of dim your light. But I find that um, the approach that I see and the approach that I see is a soft approach. And I feel that my approach may be too hard, but that's my personality. I'm direct. I'm the no bullshit coach. I'll work with you no matter what struggles you go through, but I see that the mindset piece is the major piece that everybody is honing in on. And is that something that you hone in on as well? Or I, I do, but I think in a different way, I'm not touchy feely. I am like, okay, let's take action. Let's get results. Let's resolve the problems and let's get the result that you desire. Okay. So there's a reason why you're a curator. Like I know that if I wanted to double social curator, I know what I need to do. I need to say that everybody's good and you're just showing up and you just thinking about the action you want to take. That's okay. That's okay, girl. You could do it today. 
Like love yourself and it will all work out. If I kept on saying that, I would grow social curator. That's just not who I am. That's not who I want to attract. So I don't think you should change who you are in order for you to grow. What I do think you should do is focus on the thing that somebody wants, which is what we do in social curator. We focus on mindset, like a hundred percent, but the, the, the mechanisms of how I approach mindset are very different. So we know that mindset will be a component of what it is that you do. Now, how you've been doing it up until this point needs to change. If you've only been doing posts, then we need to say, how do we incorporate an IGTV? If you've been doing post and IGTV, then when you say, okay, we need to go live. And then once you go live, is it just straight to camera going live? Is it you doing a workout for women over 50 ever live? Is it you being pos- positioning yourself on podcasts of other fitness professionals that target your demographic? Is this you teaching live webinars? Like we don't know what it is that it is. But if we know that if you've only been doing posts and people aren't resonating, then what we need to do is try a different mechanism, leveraging the thing that you know people want, which is mindset. If you know people want mindset, then you have to serve it up in a way that you haven't done in the past. So the next objective is over the next three months is you need to pick one thing every month that you're going to do come hell or high water. Have you done um, an IGTV? Oh, Jasmine, I've done IGTV. I've done lives. I've done uh, stories. I have a podcast myself. So I'm like, out there and I don't mind speaking in front of camera. I've done videos. I'm on YouTube. Uh, I'm like, I'm there. (laughs) Okay. So then now I'm going to flip the script. If what you're saying is you're doing all the things now, I don't have the time or the ability to go into your account and nor do I feel like that would actually address because if somebody says, well, this isn't, isn't aesthetically appealing or this isn't the quality, we're not actually addressing the real thing here. I believe that the hard work of growing a business when the business isn't growing is asking five to eight people who are closest to you why they have not invested. Like this is not a social media issue because if you're saying you're doing all the things, then it becomes, is it a service Is it a package? Is it a personality? Is it too expensive? Is it not expensive enough? Like, and you need to prep the people you ask to be very, very honest. You say, I am struggling. You you have to make yourself vulnerable. Because if you say, can you tell me what's wrong with my business? Or can you tell me how to get better? People would say, no, you're doing great. I love it. If you're, but you have to go to them and show that level of vulnerability to say, I need you to help my business get better. What do you, number one, what do you think I could be doing better? What do you think when you see is not resonating online? And number three, what would it take for you to become a customer? And it's hard. I've had to, I had to ask when I pivoted into the digital space, I had to ask my friends. Sometimes I have to ask my friends why they don't listen to my podcast. And it's not fun, but God almighty, it's insightful and it really helps shape shape things. Awesome. Okay. So what I would like to do is put a timeline. Like how many people do you think you will ask for their opinion? I think five, five is a good number. Okay. And then by what date will you ask them? It has to be by the end of the month. Good, 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 good. I like that. I like that. I like how you're an action taker and it would behoove you to see if you could put a date to it as well. Be like, I'd love to hear from you by this date. And then once you distill it and once you sit with it, start circling or connecting the dots between similar things that people are saying. 
And then your next objective is because you clearly are very well spoken and you're very good on camera. So then you have to take their insights and say, can I work on this? Can I go on an Instagram live and ask my friends? And I said, Hey guys. So recently I asked five of my friends why they didn't invest in my services. Hot dang. Like I will say the people respond the best when I come in and say, it's been a hard day. It's been a hard week. I've learned a very big lesson. I was publicly embarrassed. These are the learnings. It opens you up in a very different way. And I wonder how your audience would respond to that. Me too. That's awesome tips. Oh, thank you. How can, how can people find you on Instagram? People want to like support you. So I'm there for you. At Heike Yates, H-E-I-K-E-Y-A-T-E-S on all social media channels. Super simple. Oh, you're so lucky. I love it. Thank you, doll. I appreciate it. Hi, I'm Molly Eliasoff. I'm a relationship expert and couples therapist in New York City. I specialize in working with high-powered professionals, CEOs, celebrities, execs, have the same success in their love as they do in their workspace. So I am all about optimization. My goal is to like help all these couples optimize their connection time, their fights, their communication. And now I want to optimize my social media. And I have started to look into analytics, but there's so much. My followers change, like we're talking about my likes change, you know, my comments change each day. And I want to get really clear on like what I should be focusing on so that I'm optimizing what I'm doing on social, both stories, videos, and posts. Okay. So this is a multi-layered question and I love that your analytical brain is fully there. So Um, The good changing news is that the algorithm changes because uh, a a bunch of people start realizing, okay, what's valued? And so whatever is valued, they'll optimize their post for that. So Instagram is changing oftentimes. What is in a hierarchy? What is most important? At the time of this recording, what is most important or when people are saving your Instagram posts? Because the save component is acting almost as if like it's like a Pinterest board. So people can go back and look at those posts. And what I have seen just from my perspective, what people are saving is when I'm actually creating helpful or valuable content, like a teaching, a tutorial, education. So in that regard, that would be like the golden chalice at this point in time. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a girl from the hood. I'm like any engagement, all engagement. I'll take whatever you have. Like I'm out here being like, I'm not trying to optimize my post as much as I am just paying very, very special attention to. I have it. I, I, I see that when I have a visually like scroll stopping image, I get a lot more likes, but I don't actually get people reading. And there have been times where I see lower likes, but then I see like the comment count in like the hundreds and I'm like, oh, the copy worked. And so like the, the perfect, perfect scenario is when I have, okay, I'll just explain the perfect scenario. And I hate even admitting this. Like, this is like, honestly, like, this is how I'm like, oh, this is what I could do, but I have to be very judicious. It's like, can I have a picture of me and my baby and my husband with a cup of coffee adding a behind the scenes of how we took the photo, adding really compelling, vulnerable content around it and a really strong CTA. And it's just like, I know it because I've done it, but then it just comes from like a business perspective. I don't want to use my husband and my child in that capacity. I've just made that decision a thousand times over. So if I know what works and then I'm actively choosing not to use that, I have to then say, okay, How then could I offer more value so that the engagement comes as a benefit to the viewer and not as like a dopamine hit of this is so cute on the internet? 
we just got real deep here. We just got real deep. I'm like, I feel very vulnerable. I feel very exposed, but I really want to be open in that capacity because if you're sitting here talking about optim optimizing, it really depends on like, what are you actually comfortable with? Like, can I ask a personal question? Sure. Are you dating married? What's your sitch? Oh boy. Real personal. Oh, I will. We'll see. Cause, cause I'm, because I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, I can tell you right now, oh, this is going to work. Whether or not you're comfortable with it, it is an entirely different thing because we know, and we don't have to answer it actually. That already, that already gave me enough of what I need to know. The answer was already, I'm not comfortable sharing that. Awesome. Good. Because it then comes back down to shaping we know how to get an engagement. Are we comfortable getting it in that way? And if that's not on our terms, then we have to say, how do we create content that is just for the person who might be feeling a little bit more like me in what they're comfortable and not comfortable sharing? That's a very personal thing. Like you're a relationship expert. How open am I going to be like, we really need to talk. I really need your opt-in. Like I am so successful in the boardroom and not in the bedroom. You know, it's like, what are you really going to say? And that's not the truth. I was, I was speaking as an example, not of myself. Um, I just think it's so important that you're looking through analytics. This is beautiful. It's great. I've seen your stuff. I'm familiar with who you are on the inside of social curator. It's all really good, but we have to kind of like dance that fine line between vulnerability and really personal things. Can I ask if you have shared slightly personal things in the past, how they have performed on your account? Yeah, I think we do somewhat well. I don't think I've gotten that vulnerable yet. I think mm. I was talking, I have a girlfriend who's a model and she was like kind of looking at all my photos and she's like, these are sculpted. Like these are crafted, which is totally valid. Cause I want to show a percentage, right? You talk about like the 3% of your life or the 1% of your life, you know, that you show. And I do that intentionally, but I have to get more comfortable being my raw self. Wait, wait, self. wait, Molly, Molly. <laughs> I agreed to what everything you said, except for the fact that those two things are incongruous. You had said the photos are rather sculpted, but it's the one to 3% of my life. And I'm like, well, if it's sculpted, then it's not really your life. It's the idealized version of your life. Valid, valid. I, I meant, I'm sorry, when, I'm quoting you. When you've talked about right. it, it's your, the 1%. So yeah, I need to show more of me. Um, and the rawness. And I'm working on that. I've been trying to do lives like every day the last few weeks and mm. I'm trying to just show up, but I'm not sure that's the rawness that people are looking for. So I'm still trying to figure that out and balance that with consistency, right? You talk about the importance of consistency and I'm trying to match what I did last week, like on my numbers and my posts on my stories, for example. And I'm not sure that they want to hear all that much from me that often. So I'm trying to also like look at the analytics around that. Okay. So there's so many things floating on in my head, but I'm going to want to try to keep this as succinct as possible is we know, like it's just statistics that the people who show up in their rawest, truest self come ugly, good, perfect. However, the case may be, those are the people who are winning the game. They show up consistently and they know how to speak their voice. If you're already saying I'm having a hard time being vulnerable, people are already like, we're such wise creatures and social media has been around a decade that we can smell that. And if we don't outright come out and say, I am not comfortable, people say she's being fake. I don't know who she is. I don't know if I could trust her. Second thing that should be there is when it comes to creating like real authentic stuff, also take things into a cultural context. At the time of this recording, for you to compare what you did this week to last week is so hard on yourself because at the time of this recording, we're in quarantine. 
the world seems like it's so changing and so unpredictable. And it's probably highlighting the fact that if somebody is in New York City, the city that you call your home and they're by themselves and she is not working, she isn't dressing in her clothes and getting her black Ubers and feeling that that unsatiable term of her success and now she's alone, she probably is not trying to read the content of how to find a life partner. So number one, give yourself grace and understand what people are actually looking for right about this time. And can you change the content to the context of what, what if you just showed up like that? Like there's a lot of women who've met with so much success and they're alone. Number one, how do we find self-love? Number two, how do we connect with other women who understand what we're going through? And number three, how do we come out different on the other side? How do we know what it feels like to be prolonged period of time, completely alone, away from the thing that you've held and defined your success, and then finding that in equal portions to a partner? Like context, context, context. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to gear more towards the married couple that wants to feel successful right now, which I think is hard for anybody. Um, but I think it applies the same way for them, right? Absolutely. Forgive me. I went in one direction, but a hundred percent, but because what does it look like for, if you have a successful couple, they're both going through the same thing as the single woman. It's like their success has been filled with the, I work so hard, but I'm going to order my $40, my, my $40 glass of wine. Other people hear that, but like, that was how you tasted and felt success. People are longing for the experience of the fruit of their labor and how it's defined them. Like talking about that stuff, really, like I listened to a Brene Brown podcast and I talked to my husband. I was like, how are we defining how we feel right now? So it's like, if you have the ability to create that with an Instagram post, I think you're winning the game. I really, truly do. Speak to them now in their places of vulnerability and they could have a higher likelihood of becoming a member on your list, a follower, and then ultimately a customer. I love it. Thank you so much. I love the work that you're doing. I think you're making an impact. And girl, show yourself a little bit, (laughs) a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. How can people find you and your vulnerable self on Instagram? (laughs) Sure, it's just my name. So at Molly Lysoff, M-O-L-L-I-E-E-L-I-A-S, like Sam, O-F, like Frank. And that's it, just me. (laughs) Thank you, babe. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You know, I feel like I'm talking to an old friend because we DM all the time. I'm like, oh, hey, girl, how, how's your mom? Yeah, how are things? How are things on the East Coast? I mean, this is the power of Instagram. This is the first time. Like, are, this is, is this the first time we're actually talking? No, you came on an IG. You came on an IG live. Yep. You came on an IG live. You had a great question. But other than that, is this like the first time that we're actually talking? Yeah. Like in real life? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Okay. For people who don't know, you have to introduce yourself. Oh my gosh. Um, well, my name is Frankie and I'm a branding videographer and photographer from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I run a business with my business partner and mother, Rena, and our uh, company is called Storia Studio. I love that. I love it. Thank you for being here. So what can I, let's chat. What can I do for you? I was just curious. So although obviously I have a business partner um, on Instagram, like I tend to be like the main like face and voice uh, of of the brand, or at least I'm the one like doing the stories and things like that. Um, so I was just wondering if you had any advice, like when you have a business partner, like how to best showcase them on Instagram. Well, let's get to the root of it. How does Rena feel about being represented or not being represented? Because the answer is going to change depending on her desires. Yeah. So I think that, uh, we do a fairly good job, like, you know, once a week, like one of our like content categories is like about us. So I'm always trying to show like, pictures of us together. Um, but lately just been trying to focus on how do we take it to the next level and show like both of our personalities. So she's fine with me running the accounts and like, she's like, you know, 
do whatever you want. Um, so, but I also, I do feel like it's a 50, 50 partnership and I want to make sure I'm like, you know, doing her right. And so do you, second question before I get into, I just, these are clarifying questions. Um, does Rena shoot out on her own or are you only ever the two of y'all together? Um, it's mostly both of us together. Okay. Cool. So I feel like I can speak to this like from a very strategic perspective, but also like a very personal perspective. I think that Rena and JD somewhat fall into the same category. JD and I are 50-50 business partners. And I he doesn't he has a social media account and he just never uses it like ever. He's totally fine with me taking the frontward facing part of the business, although we've had very serious conversations about what his desires would be to be more front facing. And it's just not what he desires. So I'm not going to force him to take on anything that he doesn't find of high value. So just like you, you know, Frankie and Rena is a category about us. JD and myself is also a category on my Instagram account. So I incorporate him in one out of every nine to 12 photos. And that's worked really well for us up until this point in time. Now, if somebody is listening and is just like, yeah, but my business partner wants to be more in, in front, front facing, then great. Then the conversation becomes, what are your desires? And then do your desires map to your involvement in creating the content? Because it's one thing for a partner to say, I want equal representation, but I want you to do everything. I want you to take the photos. I want you to edit the photos. I want you to write the caption, but I just want to be there. And it's kind of like, okay, then we just have to redefine different things in the business that I will relinquish so that you can take on more responsibility, or we're going to divide this current responsibility and keep things moving forward. But at this point in time, it sounds like Rena is really great. Now, if Rena was booking her own gigs and you were booking your own gigs, it my, uh, my advice would be it could potentially create a problem if people see you on social and they just want to work with you. And then Rena's like, well, hey, where's my love? So if it is the two of you, which is how things are with JD and I, when we were shooting together, it was only ever the two of us. It was seamless and it worked really well. That's so helpful. I love the the thought of like every like nine to 12 as well, because she also like really helps with like coming up with ideas. And then I'm, I'm the one that like executes them, but like, that's so helpful. Just, it's about also your business strategy and defining those roles. Cause I always felt kind of guilty. Like, oh, I'm the one doing the stories. Is that okay? I literally heard like three Instagram posts in that one sentence. And that one sentence is, I don't feel like, I felt like I wasn't fairly representing the relationship and the role that she plays. And then you could talk about how Rena is a person who's strong leads ideation that's jd like everybody says oh that jasmine girl she knows how to run a business i was like eh. i'm just actually an executor jd is like the oz behind the curtain i kid you not but if i don't tell people those things nobody would ever know and same way with rena and then you know the the third component would be to let people know that you do do everything together like three instagram posts you're welcome very much one out of every nine to twelve posts i got you we out here doing it tell rena i said hello how can people find the two of your amazing souls on Instagram? Yeah, you can find us at Storia Studio, S-T-O-R-I-A dot studio. I love that. And if anybody is in the East Coast, if you're a videographer and you're looking to connect with a great community, Frankie is a leader in the Baltimore area. Now, do you is do you say like tri-state area? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I just wanted to be cool. I wanted to be cool. I was homeschooled and I am not very good at geography and I'm just going to let's, I'm glad, I wish I could edit that out, but I'm going to leave it because I'm a girl who's humble enough to know in Baltimore, you don't call it the tri-state area. So anyway, if you're in Baltimore and you're looking for a community of amazing creatives and videographers, definitely check out 
Rena and Frankie at Astoria Studio. Thank you I so much. It. I appreciate you. Thanks. If you enjoyed this coaching session, you will love my free upcoming class, how to plan, create, and execute a month of social media post in one day. In this hour long presentation, I am going to share with you my exact strategy for batch creating valuable content that turns followers into customers. The best news? Well, I have saved you a front row seat. You can head to jasminestar.com forward slash 30 days to sign up for this free class. If you attend this class live, you're going to get another free gift. It is our guide, 20 hashtags to top 20 industries. This is a comprehensive guide, and it also includes a video tutorial on what hashtags are, how many to use, the four types of hashtags to incorporate into your feed, and of course, 20 hashtags for your industry that you can use as a starting point for your research. You only get to snag this awesome bonus by attending the class live. So save your seat at jasminestar.com forward slash 30 days. I can't wait to see you there. Keep hustling. And I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow for part two of this coaching session. Mm -hmm.